How do you not love Jordan Clarkson's confidence? He was chucking bombs up from everywhere. He only took one or two bad ones, but even those were close to going in. You gotta love this team, baby. Top to bottom. 15 seconds ain't enough. What a game last night. Donovan went off again. Jingle and Joe found a shot, played well. Let's go, baby. Jazz in four. A man can dream, can he? Yes, you can. Probably is a dream, but go ahead and dream it. Dream the dream. Isn't that a famous song? Gordon will sing it for us in, in a minute. DJ and PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts for free quote. And for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. David Locke on earlier this morning. He wanted no part of the Jazz and Four. He didn't really like the Jazz and Five storyline. Still cool in expe expectations. Will Gordon Monson cool expectations? Salt Lake Tribune column, columnist, co-host of the big show. He joins us now. Gordon, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, TJ? If I'd been thinking ahead, I would have gotten Booner on another line, and we would have done a segment of MJB <laughs> in the morning. And that just occurred to me now. I'm a moron. <laughs> I talked. I talked to him the other day about that, and he had we had some some chuckles over some of the memories. There you go, man. Uh, so we'll get your take, but in the world of hot takes, and I gotta have it now. I gotta have it now. I gotta have it now. We are ten hours since the end of the game. How many hot takes have you shared, Gordon? Uh, I haven't shared. Well, well, I mean. I guess two. I was on the post game show, and then I've uh, then I uh, wrote a column. So those are the two okay. hot takes I've shared so far. Considering you were supposed to sleep at some point, I guess you are all in on the playoffs then. Uh, uh, sort of uh, sucked into the whole the whole orbit of the thing. And, ah, that's uh, the yeah. beauty of the playoffs. Come on, give me some more hype. Give me some more energy. Well, it has been. You know, here's the difference between what we're seeing right now, DJ, and what we have often seen from a Jazz team in the playoffs. It's the fact that the ceiling is so high on this team, it's almost the roof. <laughs> I like what you did there. Uh, Good work. Yeah. Good work. But, uh, but, but you know, this energy of which you speak, it, it, it just – it, it gets higher and higher and higher when people in their imagination and their minds that I can see that just maybe this, just maybe this team might be something extraordinary. And they, I mean, I, I, I uh, based on what I've seen so far, I, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell's been, if not the best one, certainly one of the best uh, players in the playoffs. And, and his team is, is rounding out nicely. So I guess the question is: Is the Jazz defense doing to this Clipper doing this to the Clippers? Or hey, it's a couple games. They're coming off a seven-game series, playing at elevation. The Clippers will get home. They'll get their legs under them, and they'll shoot the ball better because you've got the two Clipper stars averaging like twenty-two and twenty-three and a half points a game in this series. And you've got role players like Morris is one for 14 from three. I mean, that's the beauty of going small is he's a guy who's supposed to hit open threes. He's been a 50% shooter on catch-and-shoot threes. Locke had the numbers for us earlier. I know you're shocked by that. And so, <laughs> hey, some of these things are just going to correct themselves, and this series could easily be 2-2. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I do believe that the Clippers can play better than what we've seen so far. The Jazz obviously do have are playing a role in that. Last night, as I was watching that game, 
And uh, I was watching pretty closely, just like the rest of us were. And I'm telling you, the defensive effort by the Jazz, people like Bogdanovich, I haven't, uh, maybe I wasn't paying attention before, but I haven't seen him play with that kind of intensity at that end. Jordan Clarkson, you know, really putting in an effort at the defensive end. And maybe they've done that all year long, but I haven't noticed it at this level. And, of course, Rudy is always there. And uh, so, yeah, I think the, the uh, Jazz deserves some of the credit here. But watch out for this team. I think the Jazz and the Clippers are pretty evenly matched talent-wise. But uh, just so far, the Jazz have shown that uh, either through their own confidence built out of playing at home or because of what the effect Quinn Snyder's had on them, They've been able to get the edge. And it doesn't take much of a difference. It doesn't take much of an edge to win a playoff series. And so far, we've seen the Jazz with that advantage. We were doing radio together back in 97-98 when the Jazz won seven straight playoff games, two to close out a Spurs series. They swept the Lakers in four, and then they won the opener against the Bulls. As near as I can tell, that is the longest playoff win streak the Jazz have had. Uh, now, you talk about how good the Jazz are, and you drop the, the ceiling as the roof line on us earlier in this. <laughs> Do we really want to compare Donovan to Carl Malone and this team to that team? They are a one seed, and that's the last time the Jazz were a one seed. The only other time they've been a one seed in the entire playoffs I think there's people who want to believe it, but they just don't want to get their hopes up and then get them dashed. But with every win and with every big performance, it's harder and harder to say, oh, no, these teams are in the same neighborhood. It's not the same area code. They're in the same neighborhood. Well, uh, DJ, you know that uh, 86.7 uh, percentage <laughs> of the time, uh, the, the team that wins the first game of the series wins it all. I do. I that's, do. A, that's, a, that's an inside joke, folks. If, uh, if I goaded Gordon into writing a column about <laughs> Jazz won game one, they're going to beat the Bulls. He wrote it. <laughs> PK slapped a headline on it that may or may not have been inflammatory. Jordan read it. And 20 years later in a documentary, <laughs> it motivated MJ. <laughs> Thanks oh, for that. Brother. Now, I no. would argue that maybe... When Jordan missed a big shot, if Stockton had blocked him out and gotten the rebound and Jordan had run to the hoop and gotten a three-point play, it would have been 2-0, and then they they might have gotten him or he might have done something awesome and won his six anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Carl Malone went 0-4 for 4 in, the, in the second half, didn't score in that game too. Anyway, never mind. Uh, the point is that the this – see, that's what I'm talking about, DJ. This team is, is not that team, but it might – it has a chance. It really, I feel like Lavelle Edwards, they have a chance to be a pretty good team. Uh, the Jazz really are good, and I think Jazz fans should believe what they're seeing. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, if, it's tough, you know. If they if they find a way to beat the Clippers, and then let's say they, they face the Suns, a team they struggled with in the regular season, then they go to the NBA Finals. Uh, is it probable? I wouldn't say probable, but it's certainly certainly possible in my mind I, from what I've seen from this team. So we'll have to wait and see how things turn out before we really start comparing this team with the 98 team. But, hey, DJ, we're in the ballpark here watching this team. 
Well, I do believe adversity is coming. I, I agree with you definitely in the ballpark. I don't think there's any argument that they're in the ballpark. But adversity is coming. You don't win forever. The Jazz have won six in a row. They have faced adversity within games, but they haven't faced adversity in a series. And they will. You just don't get to blow people out and cruise to the title, I don't think. And, I, and I'll be very happy to be wrong about this, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, so it would, certainly, it would certainly help them, BJ, to have Mike Conley back. Yep. Think about what, what this team could be doing right now if they had that guy, their quarterback, in play as well. I mean, that's something to be taken into consideration, too. But I also think that this is who the Jazz are. They played 72 regular season games, and now they've played – making sure he does the math right because he's doing math on the radio and he screws it up all the time. They've played seven postseason games. So you got 72 regular season, seven postseason games. That's a big sample size. Joe Ingles, because of injuries to Donovan and injuries to Mike, Joe Ingles started 30 regular season games. And now he started, and so that means he came off the bench 37 times, right? Almost half. Well, now he started three games and come off the bench four times. <laughs> well, he was asked about that last night. I know. <laughs> Yeah, and he talked about uh, what did he say? He said Mike was going to have to shove him out, or he was going to refuse to leave. The That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, I mean, this is one of the one of the strengths of this team that they have. They have two six men of the year. I mean, really, and uh, Jordan Clarkson will tell you that that Joe has been that important to them. Is he is he good enough to be a starter? Sure, he is. He's just a different version of what the Jazz can be. He does it differently than Mike does, uh, but but I you know I mean the talented guys and uh, Joe is Joe is pretty crafty out there and it was interesting to watch him. What did he have last night? Was it 19 points? I think it was mm-hmm. if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. I mean those were some big big baskets he hit. I do feel like as good as the Jazz have been, I can think of two buckets in each game where they've been really fortunate, and it's not just the points you get. It's the momentum you get as well. In that first game, in the first quarter, Donovan Mitchell has two three-pointers that rattle around all around the rim. One of them may have popped off the backboard, too, and they finally went in. And after the second one, Donovan had this sly kind of smirk, half smirk, half grin, like, hmm, that was lucky, <laughs> but we'll take it. <laughs> and it was part of that 10-2 run to open, to open the game, right? So they get six points, and they win by three, and six of them, yikes, they were fortunate. And then in game two, Clarkson banks in a three, and Joe goes for a layup, and someone's jumping at him, and he's trying to throw it high off the glass. He throws it up off the top of the backboard, and it goes in. That's five points in a six-point win. I mean, you make your own luck, but you probably can't make your own luck like that every game. I mean, it's the Clippers are going to make their own luck at some point, aren't they? Uh, yeah, and I don't think it'll be luck. I think you'll see Kawhi Leonard in his prime form somewhere coming up here. I don't know when, and I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, but I don't think it will be luck. But DJ, I mean, I <clears throat> from my 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 view of that game last night, there were some unlucky things the Jazz had too. I mean, there were a couple of calls that were absolutely wrong that uh, couldn't be challenged, and so I mean, these these matters of luck they go they go both ways. Maybe just like the calls, they balance out over time. But I think the Jazz are fine in that regard. Lady Luck, uh, they'll take whatever they can get from her. So game three, what are you going to watch? What are you expecting? What are you keying in on? 
The first thing I'm going to be keyed in on is, will Mike Conley be ready to play? I mean, that that is a huge, huge deal for this team. When you think about how – when when you see the challenges the Jazz are facing with the uh, the the as uh, Donovan Mitchell called them the different looks the bunch of different looks that the Clippers are throwing at them, I mean when you have that wouldn't it be nice to have their your number one quarterback uh, out there directing traffic and putting the ball where it should go where it needs to go especially a veteran like him so that's a, that's a big deal. Obviously, and I would expect the Clippers, even though it was weird in the Mavericks uh, series where, you know, the the home team was losing all the time. I would expect uh, the Clippers to be uh, at a higher level playing in front of their home fans. And I don't even know what uh, what the uh, local government down there has as far as how many people can be in Staples Center down there. But uh, I would expect the Clippers to thrive off of that energy there and just they're good. They're they're a good team. Uh, anybody who's thinking the Jazz is going to sweep this team, that uh, I don't think that's going to happen. California is opening up in a few days. This is the right round and the right time to go to LA and face seven thousand hostile fans instead of you know the <laughs> ten or eleven thousand they normally draw. Hey, oh, yeah, San Diego Clipper been, vengeful humor right there. Thank you very guys. much. Anybody who's been to Staples Center, it is vacuous inside that building, and it feels, feels like a shopping mall almost. Uh, so it's not it's not the intensity of what we see at Vivint Arena, but uh, but it, obviously they feel comfortable there with the sight lines, with their with the back, uh, you know, the, what they see when they shoot and all that stuff. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. They, uh, I, I know the Padres are supposed to be allowing a full house for whenever they come back home, and I, I forget how their schedule falls, but it's like the, the 16th or the 17th or something like that. And I've read the Dodgers, something similar. Uh, and, and the Clippers are indoors. Maybe there'll be different rules for them. But I, I think if the Jazz have to go back for a game six, there might be a massive crowd, but not for three and four. And certainly if the Clippers are able to get off the deck from 0-2 again, like they did in the last series, I think they'll have it for the conference final. But for this for this trip, which is all we're really worried about, uh, it'll it'll be cardboard cutouts around the benches, so you don't they don't have the hostile fans, you know, right behind you screaming at you, you know, nice shot, Ingles, or you know, whatever. Um, probably worse than that, but you know, we're on the radio, uh, so they have seven to eight thousand fans, but some of them are up high, some of them are on the opposite side of the court, facing the benches, but they're not around the benches. I, I I just whatever the atmosphere is, DJ. I expect the Clippers to continue to play better. It's not like they've played really poorly. Maybe they would argue that. I mean, Paul George going four seventeen in Game One. That's certainly something he doesn't want to relive. But I, I think on the whole, they have the, their bad moments against the Mavs. I thought were much worse than what they've put up against the Jazz so far. But and people talk about, oh, watch out. You know, the Clippers were down 0-2 in that series, especially losing their games at home. But guess what? The Mavs and the Jazz are not the same team. The Jazz are, are better. You mentioned the defense. And with Rudy Gobert standing there in the middle, it makes it much more difficult for them to mount some of the comeback uh, action that they uh, conjured against Dallas. Uh, I, I don't really see it happening that way. And obviously – Whoever wins this next game, if the Jazz win this next game, they do pretty well. I don't care what they do against the Mavs, and the Jazz can go ahead and close that thing out. Here's one other thing, DJ, and it's this, and I wrote about it. 
it's the mental side of this. I mean, both these teams uh, had three to one, uh, you know, leads against the, the Nuggets last year, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to question the mentality of the L.A. Lakers, but I will compliment the mentality of the Utah Jazz. You saw Donovan Mitchell after game one. What did he do? He didn't even talk about his 45 points. He didn't want to. He was asked about it, but he was looking ahead. This team has learned lessons from what's happened in the past. They really have absorbed those things. I know that's talked about in sort of a cliche term sometimes, but this Jazz team, and, and, and Quinn Snyder said he used the word, two words last night, mentally tough. I believe they are. I mean, they may have some slippages sometime between now and if there's a game seven, but uh, they are way advanced to what we've seen in past years. I'm curious what the neighborhood's like, Gordon, when you descend from behind the diamond-encrusted gates of the Monson Estates and you descend down into the neighborhood and the little people. Uh, are you seeing jazz notes uh, mowed into lawns? Are you seeing flags on cars like breakaway republics? <laughs> you have... You have you have an ironclad memory. <laughs> I got to hand it to you. And by the way, you love doing that to me because PK does that to you. The diamond encrusted gates is that what you said? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't think Gates was hot enough. I was trying to dial it up another notch. <laughs> you know, I've seen I've seen some flags. I haven't seen that at the level of what we saw on '98. But I'm telling you, it's going to rash it up here, just like it did back then. Remember how it went round by round? It ratcheted higher and higher and higher. And I think that's going to happen this time if the Jazz can find ways to, to get by. And also five conference finals appearances in eight years are ratcheted up year to year. I don't think yeah. what it was in 92 is what it became in 96, 97, and 98. And I think there is still uh, – the hardcore already get it, but I still think that there are casual Jazz fans who don't want to dare to believe the Jazz are back at that level. Although the regular season record says they're back at that level and the six-game win streak in the playoffs says they're getting back to that level. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I do remember there, and they've redone the interchange now, but the interchange of I-80 at 1300 East used to have a huge lawn, and now it's Xeriscaped. But it had a huge <laughs> lawn, and they, they put uh, the Jazz logo. They mowed it into that massive, you know, 100-foot lawn or whatever it is. So now it's Xeriscaped. Someone will have to put colored rocks down, I guess. I don't know what they'll do. I have a theory on this, and that is that, you know, people talk about how uh, how do you draw crowds, how do you draw interest while well, winning does that. Sure. But I think within that whole idea is that it can happen within a year as well. I mean, mm -hmm. when I'm watching the fans down in Phoenix, I mean, did anybody used to go to games down there and watch the Suns yeah. play? And then you watch the way they are now, and it shows you what winning can do. But even with the Jazz, who have had – this history of winning without winning at all, uh, it, it sort of has waned a little bit in recent years for all the reasons you just described. But I think bit by bit, it's building, the winning is building and building and building. And uh, something tells me if they beat the Clippers, you're going you're gonna to start seeing things mowed into lawns and who knows what else. Uh, do you remember that uh, that woman and uh, her husband that used to uh, engage in a certain activity in order to have the jazz win? I mean, when people take it to that level, remember her, her neighbors were calling to make sure that uh, certain things had been done. And uh, I thought to myself, when it gets to that level, when it gets that personal, 
you know that uh, it's uh, reached uh, pretty close to a pinnacle. I was going to say climax, but I better not. Too late. You already did. I'll just tell you this. After we feed the albino alligators in the moat, then the crew is going to put up the multicolored jazz flags all the way around the moat. But we don't do that while the gators are still hungry. So there'll be there'll be the, the gold flag, the white flag, the purple flag, the powder blue Carolina blue flag, and the uh, the I, I like to think of it as the red rock flag. What are they calling this with the black, the the red, the orange, and the gold? I always think of the Red Rock and the, the city editions. Yeah, the city editions. I, I always yeah. think that it's like Southern Utah, and and I think it's the best look, and it ought to be the permanent colors. But we're really at a point in pro sports where basketball doesn't have permanent colors because they want to sell six jerseys to everybody. So I get that, you know, follow the money and all that stuff. Didn't I, didn't those old uh, city editions when they had before? Didn't that have the stripe down the side was the shape of I uh, fifteen. No, it was eighty nine. Oh, was it eighty nine? Okay. Yeah, eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they so, tweaked it this year. So there you go. Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Did I hear? Or did I read that they're going to wear those uh, uniforms at home throughout? Is that? Or, uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not uniform guy. Um, but I, I'm sure Alema knows. Call him. Alema handles all things fashion. I don't get into Alema's <laughs> world. I made the I shoes, made the pocket squares. Uniforms. <laughs> Olympus got that stuff down cold. I tried to talk to him once, and I, I felt like a fool about it. So now I just talk to him about 1984 and just leave it right there. Well, I made the mistake of challenging Olympus to a fashion off one time, and you can imagine how that might have gone. Gordon, you wore like a, a torn Peanuts T-shirt to a <laughs> golf tournament and got in trouble with management. Let's clarify, Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch, my bad. I knew it was some... Goofy cartoon character thingy, whatever. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch shirt to the country club and got in trouble. Yeah, what are you doing in a fashion me. show? My gosh. <laughs> they threw me look off the course. With, hey, but they threw me out. But look, it was a joke. That was the The jazz don't play junior jazz teams, and you don't get in a fashion duel with the sandals, the flip-flops, and the white socks with Alema Arrington in his pocket squares. Stop with the sandals and the white socks. It wasn't sandals and the white socks. It was white socks and shower shoes. That's a little different. You know, you can't get away. Worse, but it's different. I'll give you that. (laughs) No, most people can't get away with that, but athletes can, and it's like, good. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, doing that on TV may have been a mistake, but <laughs> no, it's not a mistake. It gave you separation. Yes, you get teased for it, but it established who you are. And all these years later, you're still doing radio and writing newspaper columns, even though you cost the Jazz their first NBA title. <laughs> With an assist from you and PK. Yeah, yeah, but nobody yeah. knows about that. You yeah. took all the blame. We just stood in the back with the straw and the spit wads and created havoc on the bus. BJ says, "Hey, I have a great, I have a great stat for you. Yeah, you did. know, the Jazz won Game One, and eighty-seven percent of the time, the, the, the whoever wins Game One goes all the way. Isn't that interesting? And, and then I write, then I yeah. write it like you said earlier, PK." Mm-hmm. He says, oh, I have an idea for a headline. All right. Michael Jordan to walk off the court, a loser. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, DJ. And at 3-1, Gordon's going at me during a commercial break in the show. I said, well, Gordon, I told you you didn't have it 100% of the time. 
who's the outlier who wants out of one out of seven bust the odds because we know someone does. It's someone like Michael Jordan. Yeah, but the thing was that was a good that, save by me. You have to admit that was a yeah. good save by me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though there was the thirteen percent uh, the other way. I really thought that Jazz team was better than the Bulls that year. I really, even with Michael All right, Gordon, so you're just hurting people now, Gordon. Stop. You're just hurting people. Uh, right, oh, by the way, the City Edition off. and Dark Mode is the other one I'm getting. I could not think of Dark yeah. Mode. All right, Gordon, thank you. Save the rest of it for Jake. The Big Show, 3 o'clock this afternoon. 2 o'clock this afternoon. 3 o'clock if you want to be an hour late. I say. Hey, hey, BJ, BJ, just before I go, give me – just just one sampling of ball you man oh my gosh i was walking somewhere and some guy did that to me dj ball you man where was i someone just did that in the last week <laughs> did it crack me up i looked at him i smiled at point i'm like long time listener and he's just smiling <laughs> like i knew i'd get a reaction he did give it to me dj i want to hear ball it. you man bob kloppenberg ball you man idlewild basketball camps Ball, feet, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter. Just screaming at us. Clock at a minute ticking down. Thighs just burning. Calves burning in that defensive stance. Ball, you, man. All right. Ed Gregory and Bob Kloppenberg in the Iowa basketball camp separating me from my money when I was a teenager. That was going to get me to somewhere. I don't know where. Here, here, I guess. What a a gifted basketball player you were back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day (laughs) when my knees didn't make an audible sound when I walked. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Gordon. We got to run. Gordon Monson, big show. Today, 2 o'clock, right here on the Zone Sports Network.